The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, let's start with a big thank you to 9.50 a.m., the progressive voice of Minnesota, airing the Pet Buzz on Sundays from 11 a.m. to noon, and WGSO, New Orleans, airing the Pet Buzz on Saturday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah, we welcome you and your listeners to the Pet Buzz family. Big news from all around the world. Everybody is talking about Ukraine. And I know one of the things you were talking about, Dr. Fleck, is you were talking about what's happening with the refugee animals. Well, Animal Protection Organization, Humane Society International, and, you know, we've had them on the show before, together with a generous donation from Mars Incorporated, is helping Ukrainian refugees fleeing the conflict with their beloved pets by providing emergency funding and supplies such as food and blankets, as well as veterinary care. The charity reports that refugees accessing their pet support services speak of their relief of being able to save their much-loved companion animals who are an enormous comfort, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. in these extremely stressful circumstances, especially with, get this, a lot of traumatized children. And even with the people associated with them, too, that don't even have pets. That's a really good point. Well, HSI and local groups with which it works with the local groups that Mm -hmm. HSI are working with are providing a welcome safe line for animal victims who make it safely. Well, in Germany, here's a perfect example. HSI is working with an animal welfare group called Berliner Tiertafel at a dedicated aid station in Berlin to provide care packages and veterinary treatment for the refugees arriving with their animals. The director there, her name is Sylvia Kremer Sakothen Gleason, has been in Berlin distributing pet supplies to refugees. She said that Russia's invasion of Ukraine is of a course a devastating humanitarian crisis, but the beloved dogs, cats, and other animals of those fleeing Ukraine are very much a part of that refugee story. And I know you agree with that, correct? Oh, I, I really do, yeah. She said leaving pets behind to starve or to be injured in the conflict is understandably for many an impossible decision. And we've heard from refugees that the organization is helping in Berlin, that loyal companionship of their animals has really kept them and their families going on really this arduous journey. And and believe it, that some people will not leave if they can't have their pets accommodated. I know. We talked about the Indian student whose family owns a business in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. and he tried to get the pet papers, and he decided to stay, and his family went home to India. And again in Berlin, Sylvie said for children especially, their pets are an enormous source of comfort for them to help cope with the trauma of this war. The refugees are frightened and exhausted, so being able to help them care for their pets means they have one less thing to worry about at a time when they need help the most, and they're worried about the loved ones, like their husbands and sons who are over the age of 18, that they left back in Ukraine. Well, you know, we've been both searching mostly on the Internet, trying to find information about pets in Ukraine mm-hmm. and, the, and the issues with them in the war. And one of the things that I found that was very interesting to me 
was the zoo animals. Yes, yes, being transported to Poland and Germany. But there's a lot that haven't been able to be sure. transported. I was I was I was commenting about one of the directors of the of the zoo in Kiev, mm-hmm. where the zoo animals haven't been able to leave, and the comment was, if I can find it again here, the time has come and passed to truly evacuate the animals. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of animals were taken into Poland by train. And, you know, we learned this when we covered the situation with Harambi, the silverback gorilla, who was actually owned by the Miami Zoo, who but, right. but was living for a while at Gladys Porter and then was transferred up to Ohio to that, uh, the I don't remember if it was Cincinnati or Columbus. Anyway, those animals, there's no value on those animals. They're absolutely mm. priceless. And, you know, a lot of times they're sick or they're frightened. I know, I think some of the animals, especially the lions, were having a lot of difficulty mm-hmm. with the shelling. Mm-hmm. So it's just really important that- To sink a cats. Right. The animal community is really united in helping them. And I'm actually going to contact uh, Sil- uh, Sylvie uh, Gleason and see if she needs some help. Who knows? Maybe I'll be uh, in Germany or Hungary or Romania. It, it is. And I think our listeners should, should note that we're trying our best with all the, the sources that are available to try to find out more about what is happening with all the pets. Sure. And we're going to go with every source we can, but the sources like the State Department, like our congressmen, et cetera, they really don't have that much information. No, yet. they don't. It's a lot of people on the ground. One of the things I'm going to share on our social Good media point. feeds is um, I saw a pictorial on, on the CNN website of people who were fleeing with their pets. It's interesting a lot more smaller pets, a lot of cats, a lot of smaller dogs, a few big dogs. But then once again, the difficulty of getting one of those big dogs on the train and being able to, you know, I mean, with a cat, you can put in a carrier stick under your seat or at your feet. And the same thing with a smaller dog, you can hold it in slap, put it in a carrier, put it on the, with larger dogs, it's a lot more difficult. If you want to, and you can send a donation, it can be a dollar, it can be five, it can be 20, it can be a hundred, it can be $10,000. If you can send money to Humane Society International to help those Ukrainian pets, please do. We're going to make a small donation because we always make small donations to a lot of organizations. Well, Um, you know, as a veterinarian, and I have a, a number of occasions where I have to write health certificates so that they can have the ability to take their pets to other countries. And to do that, there's always rules and regulations in the countries. Well, what's what's really nice is Germany and Poland and most of those countries are relaxing their rules some, as long as there's veterinarians on the other end sure. to care for them. Because normally you can't travel unless the veterinarians on the departing nation rather than the receiving nation has to take care of it. But they're, they're being very cooperative and very caring. Yeah, I mean, it's a world crisis. Um, and, you know, so much more is going to happen. The aftermath, a lot of these people have no way to contact their family members. I did read one story about a woman who's taken in some pets, some of the larger pets, people who couldn't leave with their pets. I mean, in the beginning, you know, uh, do you remember there was a picture of Sean Penn? He was waiting for mm-hmm. hours in a car and he ended up going into Poland by foot because he just abandoned, I guess, his rental car or the car that they had acquired to use while he was in the country. But at this point, I'm sure it's more than two million people have left Ukraine and I'm sure we're going to see as many people as possible. Um, we can only send our love and our prayers for the Ukrainian people and their pets and really all of the people who were affected by this crisis.
But let's talk about what's going to happen in the show because okay. we got to get moving. So later on the show, we're talking with Brandon Sultemeyer of the USDA about wildfire prevention and cat writer Dusty Rainbolt about St. Gertrude, the patron saint of cats and other related saints. And of course, you don't want to miss our regular features like Celebrity Pet Buzz, Flex Facts, that's your baby, Dr. Fleck, the I Like You of the Week, Global Pet News, and Tell Me Something Good. Can't get enough of the buzz? We're online at thepetbuzz.com with daily features including helpful tips from Charlotte, more Flex Facts, and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love you so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. I bet you didn't know this, Dr. Fleck. March is National Umbrella Month. No, I didn't. I know. So don't let the rain stop you from taking your pooch out for a walk with the Leshy Pet Dog Umbrella with a leash made to withstand any weather. This waterproof and windproof clear umbrella lets you shield your pup from the elements so that you can always be ready for a walk no matter what the forecast is. It's made of durable polyester material that resists tearing and comes with a built-in strength-tested stainless steel leash that securely connects to your pup's collar, which means it stays stable and close to your pal for more coverage. It's ultra comfy to carry with ergonomic, ultra comfy to carry with its ergonomic handle. It's also ultra strong thanks to the stainless steel frame. Plus, since it's transparent it lets you see your pooch as you go so grab it head out and get ready for a chance to walk and let your pet be happy even in the rain it's perfect for smaller dogs like yorkies pomeranians poodles teddies bijan frises and tissues i'll post a picture on our social media seeds so you can see it it's just an umbrella for a dog folks that's all it is perfect you are listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck Humans aren't the only ones who tend to pack on a few extra pounds during the winter months. You know, our pets are susceptible to some unwanted weight gain as well. Being just 10% overweight reduces your pet's lifespan by one third and predisposes him to a variety of ailments ranging from arthritis and diabetes to cancer and heart disease. The single most common cause of obesity in pets is well-meaning pet owners who in the spirit of giving indulge their pets too much with oversized portions and excessive treats. So if your pet needs to lose a few pounds, Slim Paws is the answer. Slim Paws is a safe, fat fighter blend of ingredients that you know, blueberries, vitamin B, and leucine that can help your pet lose 20% of his body weight in only 90 days. The program's simple. One Slim Paws heart-shaped chew twice a day. Losing weight will make him a happier, healthier dog as the warm weather approaches and you guys want to spend more time outside. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. 
while March 17th is known throughout the world as St. Patrick's Day, the feast is also shared with another saint, St. Gertrude, the patron saint of cats. Dusty Rainbolt, a Texan and cat writer of 20 plus books, is joining us to talk about St. Gertrude and other well-known animal-related saints. Dusty, it's so nice to see you. Welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here, Charlotte. You know, uh, I really I really appreciate you dropping by because I know you're such a busy author. Now, is it 20 plus books? How many books is it really? About about that by the time you add the the fiction and the nonfiction. Yeah, it's about that. Incredible. And you have another book coming out soon, right? I do. I've got a uh, I have a, a book currently out. It's called Ghost Cats: Human Encounters with Feline Spirits. And uh, that's about people's encounters with cat ghosts. And uh, so I've got the second volume coming out in August. Cool. You got to come back and talk about that. People love, love the supernatural, and especially when it has to do with cats. Of course. So, Dusty, everyone is looking forward to celebrating St. Patrick's Day. You know, a lot of green beer drinking, but the holiday. Oh, I'm there. You're there? Okay. I'm there. (laughs) The holiday is also a celebration of St. Gertrude. Can you tell us a little bit about St. Gertrude? I mean, who is she and how did she become associated with cats? Well, St. Gertrude uh, is uh, is an old saint from back in the the, uh, 7th century. So she goes way back. And uh, she lived in a monastery, and uh, uh, her writings say that she had cats as ratters, but she also looked at the lost souls of humans as uh, uh, mice. So that's how the, the association with mice came along. Well, uh, then, as, as happens with the saints, things change a little bit. And eventually, uh, because after she was sainted, uh, they included the uh, saint of, of mice because of the lost souls representation. And also then uh, by default, she became the uh, patron saint of cats. You know, I'm so curious. And this is what was so fascinating about your correlation or your relationship to St. Gertrude. You wrote a poem about her. Would you I, share it with us? I did. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, dearest St. Gertrude, ask you, I pray. Watch over my kitties this and each day. Protect them from those who might wish them harm and keep them at home all safe from the storm. Give me the sense to care for them well and provide me the strength never to yell. And Gertrude, one last thing I beseech from thee. Protect my couch from sharp claws and my carpet from pee. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Protect my couch and carpet. That's fantastic. I am sure. And of course, of course, our cat lovers are going to listen to that. I'm going to make sure we put that up on our social media feeds because I think people are going to really, really embrace that poem. I think it's fantastic. I'm with award-winning author Dusty Rainbolt talking about St. Gertrude, patron saint of cats and other animal-related saints. You know, Dusty, we all are familiar with St. Francis and so many of us have statues of St. Francis in our yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Jewish, but I have one because I think he looks over all the birds and all the wildlife as well as dogs and cats. Are there any animal related saints out there? And can you tell us about them? Well, there's all kinds of saints. There's a uh, St. Mark is uh, one of the apostles is the patron saint of veterinarians. But the truth is he's got nothing to do with veterinarians. He's the patron saint of vets because he was the patron saint of Spain. 
and by default, the patron saint of uh, horses, because he's the patron saint of horses, he's the, uh, the vet saint. But there was a, a young man, St. Martin de Perez from Peru, and uh, he was the illegitimate son of uh, a Spanish conquistador. Uh, he's the first black saint in the, the Americas. And uh, his, uh, his dad left him and his mom. And then he came back and took care of him and sent him to, uh, to barbering school, which is basically like sending your kid to Harvard Medical School. And uh, he worked as a janitor in one of the monasteries. And he started treating people because, like I said, it's, they were the doctors. And he started treating animals. He opened an orphanage and he opened a veterinary clinic and he gave free veterinary care to uh, dogs and cats. And he also, as far as I know, he was one of the first saints to open adoption for homeless pets. So he's really a favorite of mine. Wow. Incredible. Tell us his name one more time. St. Martin de Perez, P-O-R-R-E-S. St. Martin de Perez. Okay, everyone, we got to do some information and also put that on our social media feeds because I know a lot of you are going to be interested in learning more about St. Martin de Perez. So lastly, tell us one more time when the new book is going to drop because I definitely want to make sure I get a copy of it. And uh, and it kind of takes you from, you know, the the end of the summer, right into the fall. And I'm thinking specifically Halloween. So tell us the title of that new book and when it's going to drop again. Okay. It's Ghost Cats 2, More Encounters with Feline Spirits. It's scheduled to be released on August 22nd. And where can we get it? Amazon. It'll be in, uh, on Kindle, paperback and hardback. Fantastic. Well, Dusty, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Bet Buzz. So we'll definitely have you back, like I said, when the new book comes out. And uh, before you go, share your website with us. We want to learn more about all your fantastic books. Oh, great. Well, uh, if, uh, you can uh, get general information from me and see my blog at DustyCatWriter.com. That's D-U-S-T-Y-C-A-T-W-R-I-T-E-R. Dot com and also stupidgravitypress.com. Stupidgravitypress.com. I love that. Well, everyone, <laughs> that was Dusty Rainbolt discussing St. Gertrude, the patron saint of cats and other animal saints. Dusty is the author of numerous books, including Kitten for Dummies. That's a big one. Cat Wrangling Made Easy. Finding Your Lost Cat, the practical cat-specific guide to your happy reunion. Cat Scene Investigator. I got to find out more about that one. Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery. And of course, a lot more. Stay tuned and we'll be back in a buzzworthy moment. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Morrow, Wally, Hammy, and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot and the boosters. Hi, Dr. Michael Fleck back with you on Pet Buzz Plus. You've just learned your pet has been diagnosed with cancer, a malignant mast cell tumor, which is as deadly as melanoma in people. 
fear, panic, and extreme anxiety enters our life because until now, treatment has been limited to surgical removal of the tumor followed by radiation and chemotherapy. But a brand new treatment has just been authorized by the FDA, which is simply an injection of Stelfanta directly into the tumor. Studies have shown Stelfanta to be 75% effective. This is truly a game changer for your pet. Treating the cancer without surgery, anesthesia, with minimal recovery, and it's affordable. We posted more about Stelfanta, the life-saving affordable cancer treatment, on thepetbuzz.com. For Pet Buzz Plus, I'm Dr. Michael Flock. if you have this problem with your pet, but sometimes Hammy, my dog, just doesn't want to go for a walk. I just can't get him out of the house. So I found a solution. Hunter's Healthy Training Treats, available in peanut butter, pumpkin, and sweet potato, as well as in appetite sizes for small, medium, and large-sized dogs. Hunter Healthy Treats are all natural, made in the U.S., and contain no artificial ingredients, preservatives, or corn, wheat, or soy. Well, Hammy, he gets a training treat when he leaves the house and for every block we walk. He gets rewarded for really just moving along. So whether you're teaching your dog training basics like come, sit, or stay, or working with your dog on a specific behavioral problem like me with my Hammy, know this, your dog will love these tasty and healthy treats. Online at huntershealthytreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! Now it's time for Flex Facts. What's the topic for today, Dr. Fleck? Today, I'm providing you with my pet health spring checklist. Oh, good. Temperatures are rising and the flowers are starting to show their heads. Spring is on its way. Early in March, it's a good time to go through a spring pet health check. So what should pet owners be mindful of in the spring season? Well, let's start out with a real common one, heartworm preventatives. Mm -hmm. If your pet isn't on heartworm preventative year round, it's time to start up again. So they should be on it year round. Mm -hmm. Heartworm disease is a potentially devastating disease that can cause heart failure and potentially death if left untreated. Treatment is costly and can be difficult. Prevention is the key to heartworm disease. Come on, just prevention. If you have never had your pet on a preventative before, your veterinarian will likely want to run a quick blood test to ensure your pet is heartworm-free or negative prior to prescribing any medication. Okay. Well, with heartworm, also flea and tick preventatives go hand in hand, yes? They sure do. Some areas of the nation require year-round prevention of the external parasites, fleas, ticks, like Florida. But if you stop during the cold winter months, now is the time to start back up. Ticks can carry many serious diseases, some of which can be dangerous, such as Lyme disease. Flea infestations in your home can be very costly to treat and often require an exterminator. More money, more money, more more money, money. More money. Some pet insurance companies will even help to cover a portion of the flea and tick and heartworm prevention with the routine care plans. By preventing fleas and ticks, your pet 
your home, and you will be healthier. Let's talk about the spring makeover. What about a spring groom? Warmer temperatures can translate to shedding, of course. Think about that in the fall, too. Dogs and cats naturally like to be clean, but sometimes they need a little help, especially if they're older. So grooming can be done at home or with a professional groomer. So in the winter, you may have had less outside time with your dog, which can mean that their nails didn't wear down like they do in the summer. So be sure to keep nails trimmed monthly in order to prevent splitting and breaking and lameness, by the way. And most importantly, if nails aren't trimmed, it can become difficult for dogs just to walk. Absolutely. Okay. What about updated vaccines? There's a good chance warmer weather will mean more excursions to get out to places where dogs are welcome. So if you and your furry best friend frequent the dog park or other public places, be sure they are up to date on all the required vaccinations. And don't forget about this, deworming. And this is especially true if you're planning to have a trip without your dog and you need to have him boarded. Absolutely, because you have to get a Bordetella shot because most people don't get them every six months. A lot of people just get them once a year. Okay. And depending upon your boarding facility sure. and the diseases that are available to be picked up, like flu. Mm-hmm. Um, canine influenza. Canine influenza. Right. Yeah, okay. So we're moving into spring. What about easing into activity? If you and your pet have been inactive all winter, ick, easy, slowly into activity. Yeah, you got to definitely ease slowly ease into that. In and especially with COVID, a lot of people have, were staying inside for a really, you know, they were walking their dog around the block and coming inside because they were afraid they might run into people. Remember that? How oh, crazy yeah, it yeah, got? Yeah, don't forget, like if you're going to the gym, you haven't been there in a while, you got to move in there slowly. So do the same thing with your pet. Start with leashed walks and shorter play sessions, and then gradually work up to maximum activity. Starting all at once can lead to injuries and some poor and sore muscles. Okay. By having a small checklist of spring dog health and cat care reminders, you can help keep your pet happier and healthier for the many more warm months to come. Lastly, that's all the flex facts for the week. <laughs> sometimes Say it's that a, three sometimes times Sometimes it's a tongue twister. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. Pet buzz Plus. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. I don't know if you know who Pot Roast is, but Pot Roast is a toothless black and white cat who is a beloved TikTok star. I mean, people loved her assortment of hats and messy eating habits, and she had survived several health issues as a kitten, and many found her straggly appearances endearing. Well, after her unexpected death last month, Fans were truly heartbroken, somewhat as far as taking their grief out on Pot Roast's owner, who had been harassed over Pot Roast's health for such a long time before the cat even became sick. I guess her appearance kind of, right? So while many viewers shared their support after Pot Roast's death, others were unsatisfied 
by the cat's mom handling of the health issue. Some insisted she was grieving inappropriately by making jokes. A few even wrote they were horrified when the cat's mom said she planned to have her pet turned into the taxidermist. Okay. You know, I think people need to realize the death of a pet is really an immense personal loss, especially when a pet is adored by millions online. It's really sometimes the owners find themselves really responsible for their fans' grief. But fans have to realize that even if you're writing or commenting and you have well intentions, you can really further complicate the grieving process for pet owners. It's like people commenting on celebrities' lives. They don't know what goes on in celebrities' lives on a daily basis. You don't know how many doctors she took pot roast to. You also don't know how expensive it was for her to care for the cat. So it's really a good idea. I know people love this cat, pot roast, but I think so you have to recognize that owner is grieving too. I agree. And I think though that um, from my experience as, as a veterinarian, having to deal with so many end of life issues that each, each individual approaches that differently. Mm -hmm. And one has to respect how the human counterpart is affected by this. And, and again, it's on an individual basis. So there is no wrong with an individual. No, but I think but it I is truly think, wrong to comment and write nasty things. I, I, you mean the people that are commenting? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, but, but there's one thing that there's a responsibility. If you've become a leader or a celebrity, then you do have maybe different responsibilities than maybe if, if it's no, I mean, just our pet that we no, have. I mean, that's true. I remember we did a show, an early on show on COVID. And a woman wrote and told me I was a liar. Hmm. And I wrote her back and I said, well, tell me exactly what you found uncomfortable, what I said. And I was talking about early on what the AVMA policy was. The AVMA policy was we cannot say that dogs and cats can get COVID from people. I mean, I didn't tell her what I thought. I mean, I thought it was probably true, but I understood the AVMA's position because there wasn't enough information. There wasn't enough at testing that at that time. And also it was in um, Hong Kong. And then we then the situation moved to Eastern Europe with the cat in Belgium. And it was only until cats and dogs were here and being tested by university veterinary schools and other institutions did we learn more mm -hmm. and that it was true but i never commented on that i just reported the avma position and i said please here's what i i actually wrote i actually sent her a note this is what i said tell me what you find uncomfortable i think in these particular types of situations if you're commenting on somebody i mean i am a public figure so if you're commenting on somebody you have to be really really careful before you say anything distasteful or that can be heartbreaking but like you said every individual handles grief very differently especially when it comes to a pet they do and you need to respect the right. other individual and i mean every single day on facebook there are hundreds to thousands of pets dying some people i have seen in new york events or florida events mm -hmm. or all around the country and i know them and sometimes i comment and i just will say rest in peace to the dog i try to be positive and upbeat and remind that person that they were the best dog or cat or bird or guinea pig yeah. or hamster mom um, that there was.
Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Nabella Bort is a Muslim American YouTube star. Nabella Moore is also the founder and CEO of Ziba, a size-inclusive, self-love-focused movement and clothing brand. Well, Noor recently told People that it was her female Yorkshire Terrier named Nori that sensed her secret before anyone else knew. She noted that the week before she knew she was pregnant, the dog couldn't get enough of her. The closeness, the clinginess was really strange for Noor because this Yorkie is the most independent of her three dogs. And although she didn't know why, the dog just wanted to be next to her. Now, Noor is in her third trimester with her and her husband's first baby. We congratulate both her and her husband. But you know that during pregnancy, there's a hormone shift and the hormones are released in different patterns and quantities. And these changes are sure to be noticed by your dog. The canine's capacity for odor detection, and a lot of times, as you know, Dr. Fleck, pregnant women smell different. The canine capacity for odor detection has been reported to be as little as 10,000 to 100,000 times that of the average human. Can you imagine what a nose must be like on a dog, how they Mm. smell everything? Incredible. Yeah. In most cases, you know, your dog probably even notices the body change, the smell. And even if your dog doesn't seem to be acting differently around you, that doesn't mean he doesn't know something's up. The response is really personal and unique to every individual dog. Every dog reacts differently to their pregnant owner. Some become protective like Nori. Others are more aloof and then others may even seem apathetic. But one thing for sure, dogs are creature of habit. They are trained and comforted by a routine. So if you're not feeling well, you're you smell different, you're using the bathroom more or just moving more slowly, They take note, sensing vulnerability. They may become your bodyguard, following you closely, or even keeping others at distance. Nationally, almost nine out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. These preventable wildfires threaten humans and animal lives, property, and our precious natural resources. Whether you're a first-time visitor or a frequent visitor to one of the country's most amazing parks, you play a valuable role in preventing wildfires and protecting our natural resources. So joining us today to talk about wildfires and prevention is Brandon Saltemeyer of the USDA Forest Service. Brandon, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So, you know, so many times when we learn about wildfires, especially on the news, the media has a tendency to cover wildfires out west, specifically California. But that's not necessarily the case. There are wildfires that occur throughout the country, yes? That's correct. Um, we've kind of gone with today's last five, six years, we've kind of moved into a year-round fire season. It's no longer a fire season of uh, a seasonality where it's uh, just the summer or fall or certain spring months. Uh, we're seeing wildfires all year round, pretty much every month. Um, yeah, Just last night and yesterday, Kentucky popped a couple of different fires and we are mobilizing resources from Florida to head up there to help them. I was thinking even of last summer here in Florida when it was so hot and so dry and we had very little rain as compared to past years. So it's a big concern everywhere you go. Exactly. It is. And that's uh, becoming more and more prevalent across the country, especially in the southern area and areas that haven't seen frequent wildfires. Like where? Who doesn't see frequent wildflowers? 
Well, there's parts of the South that doesn't see that too often. Um, a lot of the Southern coastals don't see as much or mm -hmm. large wildfires, but we're starting to see more. Um, a lot of the prescribed fires helping. So we're can be able to keep things under in check. You know, a lot of people since the pandemic have been spending a lot more time outside and they're really taking a national state and local parts. Can you give us some fire prevention tips? Definitely. Um, it's great. First off to see so many more people going out into the woods. Um, that's, I love seeing it. People getting experience the national forest parks and public lands. Um, biggest thing I can tell anyone is be vigilant. Um, not hyper vigilant, but just be vigilant, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of what you're doing, where you are, uh, especially if you're planning on doing a day hike or a overnight hike or car camping. If you're going to have that campfire or warming fire or whatever you're going to, if you're going to light something on fire, if you're going to grill even, make sure you are aware of your surroundings and where you're having that fire at. If you do have a campfire on the ground, we suggest that people dig it in at least a foot into the ground and line the area with rocks if they're available. Other good ideas for tips for that putting a fire on the ground is keep it away from needle cast, uh, the pine needles or your brush or grass or anything that can easily burn. When you have a fire on the ground, you have the embers and you do the pops and stuff that the ash and stuff can come out and start a fire. So just be vigilant where you are. And lastly, if when you're done, put it out completely. We recommend that people carry a shovel. It doesn't have to be a full on big gardening shovel. It can be a fold up backpack shovel that you can take with you and a bucket of water. Uh, they have collapsible buckets now. Uh, we suggest that the person completely drowns the fire, stirs it, drowns it again, and then checks with the back of your hand to make sure it's cool. And if it's not cool, start over until you can actually touch everything and then you can leave. And this isn't just for leaving permanently, but if you're going to leave for a couple of hours to go for a hike, but coming back to your camp spot, please still put it out because that still an unintended campfire can cause wildfires. You know, it's really interesting. and. Um... One of the things I remember from a few months ago, I think it was a California situation where a couple had a party and they were going to do a reveal. Are you familiar with this story? Yeah, the gender reveal with, uh, yes, the right. explosives. And, right, and they started a fire. And I think one of the things um, that really kind of stuck with me is that they could possibly be liable financially right. And a lot of people are not familiar with that. I'm, I'm thinking that that kind of bill would be in the thousands and millions. It's uh, so we kind of say with our prescribed fire, that's your fire. Once you light it, it is yours. Not just the fire is yours, but also the smoke. So kind of go with that. The uh, burning in a backyard, burning brush and debris, burn piles in your backyard or property. Uh, once you light that pile, that pile, that fire is your, your fire. The smoke is your smoke. Uh, so you want to be aware of where that smoke is going. We don't want to smoke out our neighbors and definitely don't want to smoke out our road. Um, the same thing with the pile. If it's too big, you'll throw a lot of ember and you could cast a lot of spots a lot of ways away. So just be kind of, as I go back to it, be vigilant, be aware yeah. of your surroundings. I mean, you're responsible for, you know, the deaths of anybody who ends exactly. up burning um, from the wildfire and probably surrounding houses and whatever occurrence accrues. I mean, you know, once somebody said to me that we were talking about Karambe, that silverback gorilla um, that was put down at the zoo. And I said, well, what would, I talked to uh, Ron McGill at the Miami Zoo and he, he said, you can't put a price on that gorilla. It's priceless. So it's very similar with all the wildlife right. in, that, in that area. Okay, so let's move on. Can you talk to us about the importance of having an evacuation plan for homeowners and their pets? 
I mean, this Definitely. is a pet show, so you know, a lot of people live throughout the country who listen to this show, and I think it's it's always important to have a plan. Oh, definitely it is. And it's not just for those that live out west that, that experience these frequent wildfires in Northern California, Colorado, and those types of areas. This is for anywhere. You should definitely have that plan to get out of the house if there is a natural disaster or a fire coming. We tell people during the summers to make sure they have a go bag. Um, important documents, important photos, things you don't want to lose, uh, birth certificates, social security cards, those types of things, all packed up in a spot to where you can just grab and go. Same thing would go for your pets. Um, I know personally in our house, we have, um, during the summer, we'll, we'll bake a pet bag. Uh, it has the, the dog, a couple of days worth of dog food, a couple of days worth of cat food, uh, some different items that we need, their collars, leashes type things that we can just literally grab it, throw it in the vehicle and move on and not really have to worry about whether we forgot something or if we are sure if you got everything because we already pre-packed it. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Brandon Sotomayor of the USDA forest service and he's giving us some wildfire prevention tips we're up against a break so hang on with us and and come back and we'll pick up the conversation in our next segment introducing the new petbuzz.com website thepetbuzz.com it's got a whole new look more graphics great pet pics video versions of our guest interviews more of charlotte and dr fleck and ways for you to save money thepetbuzz.com it's a whole new look thepetbuzz.com humans aren't the only ones who tend to pack on a few extra pounds during the winter months you know our pets are susceptible to some unwanted weight gain as well being just 10% overweight reduces your pet's lifespan by one third and predisposes him to a variety of ailments ranging from arthritis and diabetes to cancer and heart disease. The single most common cause of obesity in pets is well-meaning pet owners who in the spirit of giving indulge their pets too much with oversized portions and excessive treats. So if your pet needs to lose a few pounds, Slim Paws is the answer. Slim Paws is a safe, fat fighter blend of ingredients that you know blueberries vitamin b and leucine that can help your pet lose 20 percent of his body weight in only 90 days the program's simple one slim paws heart-shaped chew twice a day losing weight will make him a happier healthier dog as the warm weather approaches and you guys want to spend more time outside Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Hey, we're back on the Pet Buzz with Brandon Sotomayor of the USDA Forest Service talking about wildfire prevention tips. So Brandon, can you talk to us? You know, so much of the media really, when they cover the wildfires, they really talk about how they affect firefighters, homeowners, and homeowners animals, but they there's very little coverage about how wildfires affect local wildlife. Can you give us a little uh, talk yeah, about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of the large fires, it's not uh, what you would see, what you think of in a movie where everything is burned black. It's all burned down. The trees, everything's gone. Um, natural fire. And when we have our wildfires, uh, don't burn everything. Um, there's areas of high intensity. And then there's areas where it might have just creeped along the ground, burned up the, the leaf litter and that sort of stuff, or didn't even get into an area. Um, so fire 
is a natural part of the ecosystem, as we know. So these animals have adapted, have lived with it for thousands of years. Um, they know uh, to when to move, they see the signs. A lot of them will go to the ground, uh, get into burrows and wait it out. Uh, a lot of the larger animals, they definitely will herd away, move away from the fires, move away from the smoke. Um, unfortunately, it does happen where we do find uh, animals burned over. Uh, there's been several uh, firefighters that have found bears and we've brought them back in and helped uh, get them with the with care facilities and got them back to health. Uh, but it does happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's too it's too bad. But I think, you know, one of the reasons I'm so happy you're here is so that people really understand what the implications are, um, not only financially, but that they're destroying life, wildlife in these habitats as well. Well, any other comments or concerns that you can share with us? Uh, I just uh, want to bring people's attention to the new Ad Council ads they put out this, uh, for this year. Uh, it's the Smoky AI. It's kind of a really cool little emoji thing. Uh, it's not downloadable, unfortunately, but it shows it on the commercial. Uh, pretty humorous about the people camping and Smoky telling them how to have their campfire, what to do to put it out, and then people grilling outside, how to grill and tips to grill to uh, be safe. So it's pretty funny. Good way to bring Smokey into the 21st century. Um, yeah. And if anyone wants to find out more information, we can definitely uh, point in the right direction with SmokeyBear.com. Um, and then if you follow on the social medias, we have at Smokey Bear on Instagram and Facebook and at Smokey underscore Bear on Twitter. Great. I have another question for you. What does one have to do to be a forest person? You come work with the U.S. Forest Service or yeah, get yeah. fire. Yeah. Well, be um, so in general, um, you, there's not really, you don't, their degrees are good to have uh, in forestry, uh, ecosystems, hydrology, any of those wildlife, wildlife and uh, outdoor type degrees. Um, I myself don't even, don't have a degree. Uh, I came up through fire service and with experience. So the biggest thing to do is get on usajobs.com mm -hmm. or excuse me, usajobs.gov and start searching on there. Uh, that's a really pain in the butt website, but you can filter the search down by state um, and then down by specific jobs. And there's a lot of good job aids uh, in there that will tell you how to search and what to look for. But if someone's looking into getting into this, especially into the fire side, uh, I highly suggest it. I've been in fire 15, 16 years. I've been doing and fire. You, and, you don't, and you don't <laughs> worry about that beard catching on fire? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's kind of a, if, if it gets really bad, I actually tuck it into my, uh, my Nomex shirt, but, mm -hmm. and have a, uh, scrunchie. I put it in just to mess around, mess around with people. But, uh, no, it's, uh, there's times where we're right up against the fire. Safest place to be for us is going direct attack, which is, which means we're actually right on the fire, cutting hand line with hand tools and chainsaws. Um, because that way, if something goes foobar, we can just step into the black or right. burn a spot and get into it a safe area. Um, it's, uh, that's the best place to be, but yeah, just, if they're, they're interested. Um, I can give you, if they're interested in fire, I can give you my information and I would be more than happy to point them in the right direction. We're always looking for more people. And as everyone knows, there is a hiring shortage and we're losing, we're losing, uh, firefighters left and right to higher paying jobs all the time. What are they going to do? Uh, <laughs> So private can, uh, firemen, private, private, they go private contracts, uh, PG and E in California, uh, Cal fire, 
uh, pretty much any of the state agencies, most of the state agencies pay quite a bit, considerably bit more than us. Wow. Because- I had, I mean, I had no idea. No, the other, you know, the other thing I'm, I'm curious about, I mean, and I, like I said, it's just a guesstimate and I, I, how much does it cost generally when you have like one of those big fires? It's uh, so the larger fires, you're we're talking hundreds of thousands of acres. You're in the tens of two hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's just the suppression cost. And then on top of that, there's the infrastructure loss cost, which is I, I'm not even, I couldn't even guesstimate. Um, but fires gotten more and more expensive. Just the amount of work it's taking to put these things out, um, the amount of time it takes us and the amount of resources we have to bring in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you know, it seems that people, firefighters mobilize pretty quickly. Yes. Um, we have a two-hour callback um, from me from me down here. If I get uh, what we call a resource order, which is basically like military orders, mm-hmm. uh, to head to a fire out west to California, Montana, wherever, I've got about a two-hour window to, get my, to have my gear packed or already have it packed, uh, get to my command rig or my engine, or get on a plane and go. And wow. then we're there, we're there for at least a 14, at least 14 days for 16 hours every day as this is the normal shift. And then you get two to three days off and then you start over. Um, a lot of times if you're going that far out from the Southern region, we stay for 21 days just so it's a little bit less of a less travel for us. You know, thanks so much for joining us today, but before you leave, can you give us the website for the USDA forest service? Yes, it's uh USDA.gov. Got it. Awesome. Everyone, that was Brandon Saltemeyer, who uh, works with the USDA Forestry Service. And we're so happy he came here. Before you plan your big camping trip, think a lot about what Brandon said, because you have to protect not only yourself, your pet, the environment in which you are camping or enjoying your day. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. So let's move into Tell Me Something Good. I love this story. Uh, It's from Virginia this week. So Olympus, he was a boxer pit mold mix. And he was found by a security guard at the Richmond Animal Control at about 9.30 a.m. early in February. And then although the shelter staff believed that the dog had been left to be found, surveillance footage showed the owner dumped the dog in the wee hours of the morning. And they also showed the dog, Olympus, trying to follow the owner but he only collapsed to the floor, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. The dog was emaciated and rushed to a veterinarian with the car heater on full blast. His temperature was so low and his blood pressure wasn't even strong enough to place an IV. So, you know, that dog had to be really sick. Well, about two weeks ago, as he's been a lot better in the last, you know, six weeks, the shelter opened adoption applications for Olympus after finally feeling that he was healthy enough and adopters were invited to email the shelter with information about their home and their experience with caring for a pup who really had ongoing medical care needs. Well, they just announced on Saturday that Olympus has found a new family or a new family has really found Olympus and they'll continue to nurse him back to health uh, in their home. And the shelter staff wrote, they are thrilled to announce that Olympus has found his 
forever home after weeks of treatment with touch and go results, thousands of dollar in vet care, tons of foster care rehabilitation, lots of healing prayers from well-wishers across the country. That sweet boy has finally got adopted. So I think hooray for Olympus and the family that was courageous enough to adopt him. This dog has come back to life and now can live the rest of his life with a loving family. Right? Sure is. Yeah. And on that feel good note. Yes. It's time to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week we're talking about the science of keeping cats happy. There's a science to it. I didn't know that, but we're going to find out what it is. Yeah. We're going to have a feline behaviorist. I think her name is Zazie Todd on the show. Oh, good. Yeah. Special thanks to our guests, Brandon Saltmeyer and Dusty Rainbow. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner, and supplements for your dogs and cats. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out. Because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.